Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. And be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website page at speakingoftravel.net and sign up for the new Speaking of Travel Travel Club. We're going to have all kinds of fun and lots of things to see and do coming up. So be sure to go to speakingoftravel.net. And listen, if you're coming into the Asheville area through the Asheville Regional Airport, be sure to stop by Appalachian Realty and visit my friends over on Arlington Street, right off of Charlotte Street. They can help you with all all your real estate needs. They've been helping Asheville find homes since 1979. And be sure to follow Speaking of Travel on Facebook. There you'll find past podcasts and beautiful pictures that people are sending in. It's it's a great spot. Well, you know, I began my career in the travel industry back in the day when getting a travel writer to come to my client's destination meant a heck of a lot of PR and coordination. And even then, there was no guarantee the story would ever show up. And if it did, it would usually be months later. Well, I can tell you, a lot has changed since then. And while that system hasn't gone completely away, it's hardly the norm for travel writing anymore. Today, brands want storytelling that's current and more experiential and guaranteed to be shared across social media. Brands will seek out a travel blogger or an influencer in online circles and someone who can strategically share the information across the spectrum. Well, Right here today on the show is Rick Calvert. He's the CEO of TBEX, and he's here to talk to us about this new change in, in travel writing and travel blogging. And I am so happy to have you on the show, Rick. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Marilyn. And Rick, where are you? You're out west, right? I'm in San Diego. Yeah. So what's it like out there today? Uh, it's been warm this week. Um, but, you know, San Diego, you could say it's about 65 to 68 every day all year long. So nice. pretty predictable. Yeah. That's a nice travel destination in itself. So, Rick, tell me about TBEX. You know, I, I found uh, the organization online. I've been drawn to it. I, I subscribe to your newsletters. Give me a little bit of history about he, how TBEX got started. So TBEX was started by a woman named Kim Mance, who is a travel blogger, and um, she lived in Chicago at the time. Um, this is 2009, and uh, there was another conference that was going to be happening in Chicago uh, that year called Blog Her, which is a conference for women bloggers. And um, Kim emailed um, six friends of hers and said, hey, I know some of you guys are coming to town for Blog Her. If you want to come in a couple of days early, um, you can come to my house. I've got a big house. You can all stay with me, and we'll talk about travel blogging for a couple of days. Well, you know, the old story, you know, they told two friends, and somebody else told two friends. 150 people ended up showing up. So Kim had obviously had to move it out of her house 
Uh, she called the Chicago Tourist Board, um, and they helped her get a, a meeting space at a hotel downtown. And um, it was just a one-day meeting. It wasn't that formal. Um, and at the end of it, somebody said, wow, this was awesome. When's the next one? And that's how TBEX was born. And um, we bought the event from Kim in 2012. You know, she, she was a travel blogger. She wasn't a conference organizer. Um, and I happen to be a blogger and a conference organizer. So that's how we got involved with the event. Well, tell me, Rick, because I don't know that, that people really understand even what the history of blogging is about. It's like suddenly this term came about. You know, I've been in... in this industry for many, many years and and remember a time when there weren't bloggers and influencers. Give me an idea of when that kind of paradigm started to shift. Yeah, so people argued still today of who was the first blogger ever, right? But it was really the technology guys who started this blogging thing because they understood how to do it. It didn't used to be that easy to start a blog. Um, and there, there came around uh, 1999, I think, um, was a, a, a software called Movable Type, um, which made it pretty easy to create your own website and start a blog. And that definition just means it's a website where your content is in chronological order with your most current stuff at the top of the page, just like a newspaper or a magazine, really. And so. There started to become these tools, and now the big one is WordPress. There's another one called Squarespace, which lets people create their own website that looks really professional. You could create a blog that looks like the New York Times or Travel and Leisure Magazine or National Geographic, and there are a lot of them that do. And so I became aware of all this stuff around 1999. and I was a, a, I'm a, I'm a political junkie, among other things, and so I started reading all these political blogs. Well, some people would know that um, there was this story that Dan Rather did about the presidential elections, uh, um, and a couple of bloggers said, hey, wait a minute, that stuff you put on 60 Minutes doesn't look right. And we think that you know typewriters didn't exist back then that did that. And it was a big deal. And it was a huge political story. And it probably changed the outcome of an election. And that's when I really understood the power of this and saw this revolution of what blogging is. So if you go back to 1999, 2000, that's when there started to be a real seismic shift. And when you talk, so it's not that new. It's 17 years later now. And when you talk about blogging, that's, I use that as an all-encompassing word. It's really podcasting, which is gigantic right now, unbelievable renaissance going back to the days of when talk radio was so great, um, and uh, also video. YouTube and Netflix and Amazon and all the Hulu and all these other sites are now creating real original video that competes with television. So every facet of traditional media, books, movies, radios, magazines, television, all being affected now by new media, by blogging, and uh, obviously in travel, that's a, that's a huge, huge impact now. That is a huge impact. And I guess what what I'm curious about is, you know, certainly back in the day when journalism and, and reporters and people who were writing stories uh, had credentials. You know, they had gone to college, mm-hmm. they majored in a specific area, maybe news writing or journalism or, or production. Uh, today, Communications. Yeah, yeah. Where do these people get their credentials? And is that even question. important? It is and it isn't. So... 
again, I'm a news junkie. So a lot of people that you see on the news, they're definitely journalists who came up through journalism school and, you know, got a job at a local paper or a local radio station or TV station and then moved their way to the network. But there are a lot of people you see on television, radio, all those traditional things that weren't traditionally journalists. They were lawyers. Some of them were doctors, other types of professionals that had expertise in a particular uh, market and they transition their way into media. Well, that happens with blogging. It's just easier to do. You know, there used to be all these gatekeepers. Um, you know, you couldn't start a radio station you, unless you had a lot of money. You definitely couldn't start a TV station or magazine or anything like that. With a blog, anybody can do it. So there's no gatekeeper. There's no filter. So some bloggers could be, you know, 16-year-old kid in his basement, in his, uh, in his pajamas, um, or it could be, a doctor who has decided to start talking about their love of travel and share with people all the places they've been to. And so it really runs the gamut. A, a lot of bloggers are actually, in travel space as much as any other, are journalists who got laid off of working from the newspaper or the TV station and started a blog. Um, and everywhere in between. So, you know, it's hard to say bloggers are this. It, it just runs the gamut, and it's a huge, huge variety of people. Wow. Well, when we come back from the break, I want to pick up right there, Rick, and talk more about this phenomenon and, and how it's growing so much and why bloggers and brands come to T-Bex. So thanks again for being on the show today. It's really, this is good, good information. Thank you. You bet. Hey, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel, and we'll be back right after the break with Rick from TBEX. So stay tuned. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport, take the easy way out. Hi, this is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. Have you ever been to the airport and thought, why is this line taking so long? Security screening, boarding an aircraft? Well, the reality is that a lot of the efficiency can be improved if travelers understand how they can help that situation go more smoothly. So remember that how you behave during screening and boarding of an aircraft can affect the efficiency of the travel experience for you and everyone around you. Be respectful of others. Understand what you need to do at the screening checkpoint before you enter the line. Be ready. Board the plane in the correct zone indicated on your boarding pass. Stow luggage near your seat as quickly as possible. 
All of these things will help the travel experience go even more smoothly. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC, 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. Well, I can tell you the weather is starting to change. It's getting a little cooler outside. You know, if you're looking for a place to buy here in the Asheville area, be sure to visit my good pals over at Appalachian Realty. They've been helping people find homes and farms and bungalows since 1979. So they've got it going on. And did you know that the Asheville Regional Airport is Western North Carolina's gateway to and from the whole world? And you know, there's no road trip required. You don't have to drive out of town to get anywhere. When you're home, you're home. So be sure to check out your flight information at the Asheville Regional Airport next time you're looking at flying out. Well, I can tell you, if I was flying out today, I'd probably go to San Diego and visit my pal Rick, who's talking to us today. Today about teabacks. Hey, Rick, thanks again for being on the show today. Thank you for having me, Marilyn. So before the break, we were talking about bloggers and how that whole kind of, I guess we could call it a subculture. It's part of our world now. I mean, you were saying there's so many different people who are um, who are out there talking. You were talking about this doctor. Tell me a little bit more about her. Yeah, her name's Abigail King, and um, she is a doctor in the U.K. She lives in Cardiff, Wales. Um, you know, and in her spare time, she was a traveler, that's, and there's so many of us like that, right? That, that's, our, that's our hobby. That's our passion. We like to travel. And uh, a certain point a few years ago, she just kind of got tired of becoming a doctor and wanted to follow her passion, and she became a travel writer. She's now an award-winning journalist and photographer. Her work's been in National Geographic, Lonely Planet, BBC, uh, CNN. I'm reading off her, off her blog site here. Um, it's called Abigail King's Silver Footprint Media. So she has her own blog. She also writes for traditional media. She appears on television, and um, you know she basically learned on the job to be a media person, but she came to it with professional experience, right? She, she had a lot of years being a professional, obviously uh, went through a lot of education to become a doctor. So that is just a, one example. Gary Art is another great one. He, he is from uh, Wisconsin, and he was a business owner, had a software business, sold that business, again, had this passion for travel. Um, and Gary just sold his house, everything he owned, and went on the road. He didn't go home. He did not have a home for almost nine years. Gary's been to, I think, 145 countries, been to every continent, and now he's been the travel photographer of the year the last three years in a row. Wow. So, yeah, and and he'll tell you, you know, if you look at his very early photographs, they're horrible. But, you know, now he's one of the most well-respected travel bloggers by definitely in the world. He's got gigantic audiences, hundreds of thousands of people on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and his blog. And, um, and he's recognized as one of the best in the business. Well, how do you think bloggers are now changing how people make their own travel decisions? Huge, huge. There's so many similarities and differences between traditional media and new media. So 
one of the big differences, I think, with new media is that the content can be so much more specific. So use Gary as an example. He's an adventure traveler. And I mentioned he's been to all these places. He's done all of this in flip-flops. Gary doesn't wear shoes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he's been to Antarctica in flip-flops. So, um, so he's an adventure traveler. So he talks about the type of travel that is exciting to him. And he's also a history buff. So um, he, he goes to places that have historical significance. He goes to places that are hard to get to, like the Amazon or Antarctica. And he shares that uh, experience with people like him who also are interested in doing this. And one of the things that drives me mad about travel shows you can watch on you know, any traditional media is if you watch a show about San Diego, it'll all tell you the same thing. You watch 20 shows, and they'll all show you the exact same thing in those 20 shows. If you read 20 travel blogs, you will see different things about that destination. Some will talk about adventure. Some will talk about luxury. Some will talk about you know, how to do it on a budget. Some will talk about how to do it with your family. It's just much, much, much more specific. And that's what people want in life in general, but in travel it definitely is true. I don't want to go on the same vacation everybody else goes on. I want to go on a vacation that's exactly tailored to me. And blogs help you find those types of experiences, if that makes sense. It does. And why do you think that some blogs stick? You know, there's that old adage with uh, entrepreneurs. You start a new business, and some are going to stick, and some just aren't. Why do you think some travel bloggers build an audience uh, that's so large? That's a great question, and that's a lot about what TVEX is about, uh, is teaching people how to do that. Number one, they have to have great stuff. Great content is the word you always hear, right? They have to have great pictures. They have to have great um, stories that they tell. They have to be a great storyteller, whether you're doing that in written or uh, audio in a podcast or a video. It's got, you've got to be a great storyteller. But as a blogger, you have to be an entrepreneur because a blogger isn't just the writer. They're also the sales team. They're also the social media manager. They're the editor. They're the publisher. So you have to wear all those hats. So somebody being successful has to do all of those things well. They have to understand how social media works. They have to talk to the people that, that read their blogs on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and all those things. Um, and obviously they have to have the business part of it. They have to understand that as well. They have to know how to go out and get customers, get advertisers. Um, so you have to have quite a few skills, and as Gary will tell people all the time, you can't expect to start doing this and making money right away. Right? You have to practice. So you've got to have the patience and the ability to do this for a long time and not make any money with the understanding that you, you, in essence, have to pay your dues before you can get to the place to where you actually might make money doing it. And I would add to those two Ps, the third P, which is the passion, to be really over the no top. You, you have to be, and, and that is the thing you will find connecting all of these people together, even if you know the specifics of what they do, if it's travel or budget or luxury, luxury are all different. They are very, very passionate about it. How many bloggers do you think there are in the world? Just a guess. So the numbers always change. There used to be a site called Technorati, which actually tracks this. 
Um, and again, if you go back to the 2000s, the numbers used to just blow your mind. You know, there's 5 million, there's 20 million, there's 40 million. There are easily 300 million bloggers in the world. Now, wow. Um, now, some of those are people who just started a, a site one day with Blogspot and wrote a couple posts and never did anything. Out of the people that are actually do this on a consistent basis for more than a couple of years, easily three or 400,000 of them. That's a lot of resource and a lot of information out there, right? Yeah. Now, that, that's not just travel. That's everything you can imagine. Right. right. But, you know, just in the travel space, there's got to be 5,000 travel blogs. Wow. That are, again, been around for a couple of years. Well, when we come back from the break, Rick, I want to talk to you about why these bloggers and the brands come to TBAX, what they get out of it, how you've grown this organization after all these years. This is really good stuff. I think it's so important for people to understand how this paradigm has started to to shift, and this is not going away, Right. No doubt about it. Yeah, it's only going to get bigger. Only going to get bigger. Well, on that note, Rick, we'll be back. Hey, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. We're here today talking to Rick Calvert. He's the CEO of TBEX. And how this whole paradigm shift has happened between, you know, a traditional uh, media uh, versus this new media. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after the break. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow, in a walkable community or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away, starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC, 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. Well, joining me right now is our good friend, Doc Lawrence. He's talking to us from Jacksonville, the site of the annual Georgia versus Florida game. Hey, Doc, how's it going down there? Marilyn, I wish you were here with me. They call this the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, and believe me, it's the truth. There's 150,000 extra people here 
today, not just for the football game, although that is the acknowledged reason, but also to party a little bit. There's not a lot in this city that isn't loaded with Georgia or Florida fans. And these folks know how to eat, and some of them even know how to mix a cocktail or two. Let me share with you some things I've already had and just get ready for a mouth-watering experience. They just had a Florida lobster before. Yes, they are delicious, and they're plentiful. And they're about one-tenth the price of a Maine lobster, and they're just as good, if not better. The difference is, the only difference is they don't have the giant claws. Other than that, they're exactly the same. I had these moments ago grilled on charcoal. Mmm, let me tell you something. Does that go good with white wine, a great Riesling, uh, a great Pinot Gris, and others? You bet. But I've got a special treat, and this is dedicated to Maryland, the best travel interviewer in the world. I just had a daddle Bloody Mary, and that is quintessential Florida, folks. It's made with a pepper that is indigenous to the St. Augustine area, which is very near here. It came from Morocco about 500 years ago, and this is a pepper that makes a sauce that will take your tongue off. But diluted in vodka and some fresh-squeezed organic Florida tomato juice is pretty good. Formula's real easy. One part dental pepper sauce, one part vodka, three parts fresh-squeezed Florida organic soup sauce, some ice, and hold it up and toast to Maryland and all the great listeners tuning in today on Speaking of Travel. There's time to go through the crowds, find more, but I'm going to take time to also visit the museums, at least go to their symphony hall, some of the art galleries here, and salute this great town on the Florida. This is an Atlantic Ocean town with one of America's great rivers, the St. John's, coming right through the center of everything. Marilyn, that's about all for now. I wish you were here with me, and that'll do it for Doc Lawrence until getting down south. And our salute to speaking of travel for this week. See you next Saturday, folks. That sounds great. Thanks, Doc, for being with us today. This is so much fun. Stay oh, safe. It's a pleasure. You bet. And welcome back to Rick. He's here. He's the CEO of TBEX. Hey, Rick, welcome back to the show. Hey, Marilyn. How's it going out there in San Diego? A little bit of a time difference. It's early for you. Yeah, it's early, but the sun is up, and it looks like it's going to be another beautiful San Diego day. Awesome. Well, so, Rick, we've been talking about teabags and bloggers and influencers and and these brands coming together. Give us an idea of why bloggers and the brands come together for teabags. And, and also, on that same note, tell us a little bit about where teabags even is. Well, I'll start with the last part first. Okay. Um, so we go to new places every year. So cities actually bid to host TBEX, and we do it in North America, Europe, and Asia, and a couple other places in the world. Um, this year, we will be in Finger Lakes, New York, Corning Finger Lakes. Um, when I say this year, that'll be next September 11, 12, 13, 2018. Um, and uh, we just came home from Ireland. We were in Killarney, Ireland, um, October 3 through 5. 
Um, and our last TBEX Asia event was in the Philippines. So, and then in March, we were in Jerusalem. So um, we've been in Chicago, we've been in New York, we've been in uh, Vancouver, Toronto, we've been in Cancun, um, we've been at Keystone Resort, uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, a whole bunch of places. So um, that's where we go. The why? Um, people come for a few key reasons. Number one, it truly is a community of people who are in, number one, they're all passionate about travel, but number two, they're passionate about new media. So whether they're bloggers or on the brand side, you know, they work for a DMO or a travel brand, um, they come to TBEX and they all get to see each other a couple times a year. Number two, they're coming there for education. We have a conference and there's all sorts of professional development there where they're learning best practices or seeing case studies, the latest technology that they can apply to their, to their blogs and to their brands. And then we have what we call speed networking where the brands um, have tables set up and the bloggers and the brands request appointments with each other. And once they do, we set up this little speed networking appointment. It's eight minutes long. So they can talk to each other for a few minutes. If they realize there's a connection there and a you know, bigger business relationship, they can set aside more time to talk later about details. And if there is no connection there, eight minutes isn't too uncomfortable to sit and talk to someone and say, yeah, you know, it's not really a fit for us. Um, and then we have fam trips that we do pre and post. So the destination organized day trips right there in the city, um, the day, a day before the show. And then after the show, uh, some of the attendees, the bloggers, go on fam trips three, five, or even seven days long in a greater area around the destination. So, for example, when we were in um, Catalonia, Spain, the conference was in Girona, but after the conference, fan trips kind of went all over Catalonia. So um, that's what they do when they're there. And how many people usually attend these conferences? About 600 per event. Some get a little bit bigger if we have the space. Um, we try to keep it... Um, from getting too big, uh, I think 1,200 is the biggest we ever had. That was in Toronto. Um, but usually it's around 600 people. And do they? And I guess, I would imagine, they're coming from all over the world. All over the world. Typically 40 different countries, um, you know, give or take. It would be 47, it could be 39. Um, it is, the U.S. is the biggest market for sure. Um, a lot of Canadians, there are a lot of Canadian travel bloggers for some reason, maybe they're getting, escaping the weather. Um, and then a lot of Europeans, um, and then a, a lot of people now from um, Asia Pacific, China definitely. Um, there are a lot of travel bloggers that live in Thailand. The Philippines, um, they will tell you it's the social media capital of the world, a very, very sophisticated uh, population there that's into social media and into blogs. Um, come from the Philippines. Definitely, we get people from Australia and South America and all over the world. And tell us what your website is so people can go and get more information because I know that my listeners are going to want to find out more about this incredible organization, TBEX. It's just TBEXCON.com. So T B E X C O N.com. Gotcha. And there you can sign up. Do you have some kind of a newsletter or information that you send you out? You do. Yep, you do. Yep. And so it's not a consumer event, right? It's, it's for people who are bloggers or who are um, brands. You know, they're a destination marketing organization or, um, you know, people like Booking.com and Kayak and TripAdvisor. They come to TBEX. Um, 
So those kind of people would come as well. And you have how many per year? Three. Three per year. That's a lot of organizing on your part. <laughs> yeah, to keep us busy. Do you have a big team? How many people are on your staff? Five of us. Five. Wow, that's a lot for five people, Rick. I'm impressed. We use technology. Yeah, we use technology. We all work from home. Uh-huh, so perfect. We meet on Skype. We meet on Skype a lot. And then, you know, sometimes we have uh, meetings where we all get together. Awesome. Well, when we come back from the break, I want to pick up right there, and I want to talk more about the tourism brands and how their understanding of what is happening is affecting this whole growth in this particular kind of marketplace. Good. Yeah, so we'll talk about that when we come back. Hey, this is Marilyn Ball. We're right here listening to Rick from T-Bex. Uh What a fascinating way to bring all these bloggers together with brands. We'll find out more when we come back from the break, so stay tuned. Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away. Starting at Asheville Regional Airport, fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow, and a walkable community, Community or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport, take the easy way out. Blue Ridge Motorcycling Magazine is a quarterly guide to the best rides and most interesting riders. Available in newsstands and at BlueRidgeMotorcyclingMagazine.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on News Radio 570, WWNC, 880, and 92.9 The Revolution. And be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website, speakingoftravel.net, and join the new Speaking of Travel Travel Club. I bet you by next year we're going to all be doing some traveling together. And we might just want to come out to San Diego and visit Rick out there, who's the CEO of Tbex, if you're even home. Are you ever home, Rick? Actually, I'm home most of the time. I have two little girls now. So, um, but yeah, we get to travel obviously three times a year for Tbex and usually a couple more times to go do site visits and go to other industry events and stuff. Nice. Have you ever been to Asheville, North Carolina? I have. That is a great town you have there. It is. It's a lot of fun. And you know, we have a regional airport here that serves 
anywhere you want to go in the whole country. It's really awesome, and they have really great waiting areas. If you, you know, you have to get to your flight now two hours before. They have rocking chairs and Wi-Fi and local brew, beautiful art. So next time you fly in, be sure you come right into the Asheville Regional Airport. I think it's one of the, what I call the perfect size airports. Not too big, not too small. Easy to find your way around. I love it there. And you guys have great food in Nashville. We do. We do have great food. Well, so let me ask you this, Rick, about um, these tourism brands you were talking about who come to TBEX uh, to team up, to partner with, to, to scope out these bloggers. What are their intentions? What are they hoping to get out of it? Yeah, that's a good question. So it depends on the type of brand that it is, right? So if it's a, a destination like, let's say, it's Asheville Tourism, um, they're trying to get more people to come to Asheville. So, and the truth is that we don't trust advertising, any of us anymore. And the, all the research studies show the younger you are, the less you trust advertising. You know, I'm... I just turned 50, and I, I haven't trusted advertising for a really long time. So when you go online and you do a Google search for something, like things to do in Asheville or restaurants to visit in Asheville, um, you're most likely when you do that Google search, blogs are going to be at the very top of your results. And you're more likely to trust what that blog says than the Asheville Tourist Board. And I'm sure they're nice people. But, you know, we, you know they're trying to sell you something. So you're already skeptical. Where if you read a blog and, and that says, hey, I was in Asheville and I went to this restaurant and it was really great, that just has a different, um, a different level of credibility for people. So, so, again, a tourist board is looking for um, bloggers that might like their destination. So they're looking for a fit there, right? So if I was... Um, in the Daddle Pepper Sauce, for example, um, then the St. Augustine Tourist Board might uh, want to invite me down. If I had a blog about hot sauce, they definitely would invite me down. And I would come down there and say, oh, I've tried Daddle Pepper Sauce, and there's you know, 50 different varieties. You can have them in your Bloody Marys. You can have them, you know, you can put them on your chips or whatever. Um, that is great content for St. Augustine um, that will help bring tourism to that destination in the Internet in general. So if it's not just a, a, a tourist board, if it's like a booking.com or an Expedia, the name of the game on the Internet is content, as we said, and you need a lot of it. So there's a big thing on the Internet. <clears throat> like I said, you do this Google search. It's called SEO, Search Engine Optimization. That's, that's the formula that Google and Bing and any other search engine uses that helps you and me find things when we put, type in whatever we search for on the Internet. And a big part of winning that search engine optimization is having good content and a lot of it. So if you ever went to Expedia or Booking.com, you will notice underneath the, you know, you just go in and book your flight or book your hotel, there are tons, I mean thousands and tens of thousands of articles that they write about those places and those flights. And even more so, there are blogs that write stories that link to their pages. And that's what helps the Internet find them. So any travel brand that's out there is, number one, looking for content that is relevant to their brand. 
and number two, looking for um, blogs that will link to their website that'll help people be that'll help them be found when customers go looking for them. If that makes sense. It totally does. And does the audience share? play into that as well? I mean, would they, let's say there was some specific blogger who blogged about the peppers. Yep. Maybe they have a couple thousand followers versus a hundred thousand followers. Does a yep. brand make a distinction between that? Yes. So again, it gets kind of technical, but when you're talking about search engine optimization, uh, Google, again, has a thing uh, called search ranking, a page rank. And then there are other um, services out there that, that have um, a ranking of how valuable a website is. And that's based on how many people read that website, how long that website's been around, how much content is on that website, and it's a big thing. It's how much relevant content is on that website. So if I'm blogging about um, hot sauce for five years, all on the same website, and I'm putting up an article every month for five years, I'm probably going to rank pretty high when you go search what's the best hot sauce. So, um, so that makes a difference. Now, it's not always the biggest audience that is the most important thing. There's what they call the power middle. So there's these people that have somewhere from 3,000 followers to 15,000, 20,000 followers. When I say followers, could be readers, fans, whatever, depending on what platform you're on. Those tend to be people who are, who are what they call really engaged. So when my fan leaves a comment on my blog, the reader leaves a comment, or they send me um, a message on Twitter or Facebook, I respond to them, and then they respond to me, and I respond to them. So we're having a conversation. It's not just... I write a story, and some people read it, and maybe somebody goes, oh, I'm a big fan of yours. It's, you know, like with celebrities, you know, that's typically the relationship. Celebrities on TV, the Kardashians is a great example. You don't get to talk to the Kardashians every day, right? You watch their TV show, you might read their Twitter feed, and that's about it. They don't talk to you. Where a blogger, you could say, hey, I, I saw you wrote this post about Asheville. Next time you're coming to Asheville, I can show you a couple of restaurants. And the blogger would reply, yeah, thank you. I'm going to be coming there, you know, in three months. I'd love to go to a restaurant with you. That doesn't happen with traditional media. And so that level of engagement for a tourist board is very, very powerful. So when it comes to somebody making a decision to, to visit your city versus another city where they're not getting that, that makes sense. And do you find that that is going to be the the way of the future? Absolutely. There, there's going to be two. There's going to be a split. Um, and there's a guy, a blogger um, named Glenn Reynolds, who wrote a book a few years ago called Army of Davids, which I think is really, really insightful. There's going to be a lot of us with really small businesses, like our blogs, doing custom stuff for small groups of people but we're giving them exactly what they want. And then they're going to be these really gigantic businesses like Amazon and Walmart that sell us our little businesses, all the stuff we need to make our businesses run. And I absolutely think that is the future, not just for travel bloggers, but for all of us in society. That's a pretty big, uh, heavy uh, concept, I know. But <laughs> it is, but it's certainly... absolutely a, is the future. It is, and, and it's certainly a paradigm shift that has been coming on for quite some time. It's not like this just happened overnight. 
yeah, we're not going to work in factories so much anymore. Right. Um, you know, and, and like my wife makes furniture for people, um, and you know, one piece at a time. Yeah. So, t- um, Rick, tell us again how we can get to TBAX and get more information and sign up, and and especially for the bloggers who are listening and uh, and anybody else to find out what's going on over there. Yep, it's tbexcon.com. Um, is the website. You can tweet us, TBEX events, um, or you can go to our Facebook page, just TBEX, um, and uh, we'll answer you anytime. Well, this is great, Rick. Thank you so much. You know, this, again, like we've been talking about, you know, this is history in the making here. Things are changing. The way we get our information is is shifting. You know, there's so much noise out there anymore. And what we were talking about with advertising and not being able to really know what's real and what's not real. When you're engaged with somebody and you're having a, a personal interaction and creating community that's the way of the future absolutely so thanks again we'll look forward to having you back on the show sometime i'd love to connect with you again next year after you've done another couple of t-bexes and see where things are Thank you for having me, Marilyn. Really you bet. It. Thank you so much. Hey, this is Marilyn Ball. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel. Go out and have a great day. And you know what? Take some pictures, you know, wherever you are. Get your camera. Get your phone out. Just take a picture where you are. Travel down a new road. Do something different. And remember, above all, don't postpone joy. Joy.